This morning, our Old Testament reading for the baptism of our Lord comes to us from the first five verses of our Bible from Genesis chapter 1. In this uh, creation account, we witness the Trinity. We see God the Father speaking. We see God the Spirit hovering above the waters. And the Son of God is the Word itself being spoken. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For our epistle reading today, we hear from the sixth chapter of St. Paul's letter to the Romans. In this portion of Romans, St. Paul highlights what baptism truly does, is that it links us to Christ. It links us to Christ's death and to his resurrection, and we should live as people who are connected to Christ. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please rise as we hear the gospel. according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Mark tells us about John the Baptist a little bit, and then we hear the account of Jesus' baptism 
Please note that in the baptism, we also get a picture of the Trinity just as we did in the creation. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be to each and every one of you through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Do what you think is right. That's a phrase my dad would use. When I was toying with an idea that maybe I would do the wrong thing, or maybe I would do something that would be uh, disapproved, maybe break the rules, maybe harassing my sisters, or ignoring parental advice. Not quite sure if I'm going to do or say the right thing or the wrong thing, my dad would say, well, you do what you think is right. This was not him trying to just say, well, do whatever you want. He wanted to ruin my desire to do the wrong thing. And ruin it, it did. Because it's not just obvious advice, right? The obvious advice would be to say, no, don't do that. That's foolish. But behind those words, do what you think is right is an implicit warning. Who are you? And what you do next may define your character. If you act cruel, if you act unkind, if you act foolish, well, that's on you. Do what you think is right. It reveals what kind of person you are. Now, I know there are lots of moral questions in our world. If you've ever taken a philosophy course, you know that. Uh, you, you know that there's always these moral things, moral questions, moral quandaries that come up where the, the right answer isn't automatically known. Now, that exists. But I would dare say that probably in most instances... When we have a choice between right and wrong, it isn't an issue of whether we know what's right and what's wrong. It's an issue of, do I want to do what is right versus what is wrong? We're faced with a question and we want to do the wrong thing. Because the wrong thing would, might make us feel better, or at least think it might make us feel better. When we want to gossip, when we're with that group and they're talking about the person who isn't there and it feels good to really uh, you know, you know, pile on 
the words to talk about how terrible that person is or the thing that you heard. You know you shouldn't do that, but it feels good. Or maybe when somebody has wronged you. And you know God says I should forgive, but I really want to hold on to this because I want to feel righteous. Or maybe even when it comes to getting up in the morning to come to church. Feels a lot better to sleep on the pillow than it is to wake up and come, but you know what God says to do. Being a Christian means that we know the forgiveness of Christ. We know what the cross is. We know that Jesus went there and took our sins upon himself, and he forgives us and gives us his grace, his love that we don't deserve. And it can be tempting to see that, not necessarily as this beautiful free gift of grace, but as an excuse. It's tempting to see the, the, the grace of Jesus Christ as an excuse to do what we want, even though we know that we shouldn't. St. Paul, as he addresses the Romans today, says this. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it. Basically, Paul is saying, does living in the grace of Christ mean that I have license to basically do whatever I want because I know it's forgiven? So let's just throw out all the, the, the rules and say, well, I'm going to do whatever I want to do and Jesus is going to forgive me and that's how I'm going to live my life. But Paul says very emphatically, by no means. That's not the cross of Christ. That's not the message of grace. Because our identity is found in Christ. Our identity should be what drives how we live. And he says this, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Today, as we celebrate the baptism of Jesus, we, as I was telling our, our young people today, we, we often think about baptism, rightly so, as the washing away of sins. So why did Jesus get baptized? We know he was sinless. We know he was perfect. He didn't need that forgiveness. But look what happens in his baptism. In his baptism, literally, the sky opens up and his identity is declared to the world. God the Father says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am pleased. This tells us who this Jesus is. And in the same way, our baptism tells us who we are. We are God's children. We are people saved by Christ. We have been forgiven. This is who we are. This is as much our identity as our driver's license is. Baptized. Perhaps even more than that, than our driver's license. Because this is eternal. This can't be stolen. This can't be lost. This is our gift from God, his adoption as his children. 
So not only are we identified as God's children, we are identified as people living in God's grace. And so we are called to live in that grace, not in the sin that he has saved us from. I'm sure you've had interactions with people who continually go back to something that has caused them great pain. Maybe it's going back into uh, some sort of substance abuse. Or maybe it's uh, going back into a relationship with somebody who is toxic. Or, or, or maybe it's some other thing that you can think of on your mind. And you think, why do you keep going back? All it does is hurt you. All, that, all it ends up with is you in tears and heartbroken. That is like us with our sin. We see how bad it is. We know how bad it is, but we think, no, but this time it's going to work out. This time it's going to be good. It's going to be okay if I lie this time. It's going to be okay if I take that this time. It's, it's going to be okay if I lust this time. But all it does is leave us empty, leave us lost, and leave us broken. So instead of finding our identity in our sin... Let us find our identity in our Christ, in our baptism, and who God says we are. He says we are his children, beloved and saved. St. Paul goes on to say, We know that our old self was crucified with Christ in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Christ's death on the cross does not mean, hey, now it's time to do whatever we want. Christ's death on the cross means that sin no longer has power over us. That even the tomb has no power over us because Christ rose from that as well. Death cannot take us away from God. And so when we look at our baptism, when we look at the baptism of Christ, we see this as a moment where Christ connects himself to us and makes us new people. Not to continue living how we want to live, but to be free to know that in Christ we have been saved. Now this is not to say that after our baptism we should be completely sinless and, and, and we should expect that everything should go exactly according to plan. Certainly not. But it does not mean that, it also does not mean that as we look at the cross of Christ, that we see an opportunity to just live life however we see fit. Because we don't want to live as people with the power of sin and death on our heads. But we live as people who have been saved by the blood of Christ, who have been adopted by God through the waters of baptism, who have been washed and made clean in our baptism by the blood of Christ so that we can live forever in him. So let us go forth and live and walk as children of God's grace, reveling and excited in the notion that God has opened our future up for us, not to be enslaved to sin, not to be dragged into hell, but to be given heaven and forgiveness and life forever. We have been baptized into we have been resurrected with him. And now let us walk as children of God, children of light, and children of grace. Amen.
May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.